All right, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode. Hashtag CB99 Talks. It's episode 138, combo breaking 99. We back, y'all. Sorry about that. You know, I'm running a little behind, but we in here. We in here. See some of y'all already leaving some comments. <laughs> BJ said so he got to go out to dinner tonight, so he, he won't be catching the show, but hey, that's all good. But hey, I had to come back on and do this, man, because hey, man, tomorrow we got some fights, y'all. We got some fights tomorrow, and yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about some fights right now in this episode. I mean, eight fights, got about eight fights tomorrow. And guess what, man? Bellator actually outnumbers the UFC tomorrow night when it comes to WMMA fights. Bellator's got five, and the UFC only has three. I mean, I think that might be a record, too. I mean, has the UFC, I think the most the UFC ever had as far as WMMA has been like three, four fights. And then usually something cancels, right? Usually a fight cancels, and we got into like three or maybe two. But I think I think the most we've ever seen is like four tops. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, Bellator's got like five, man. And you know, Bellator's supposed to be the inactive organization and in, in, in the company with less women. But hey, they got five on there for Bellator three hundred. You know, so hey, can't get mad at them. But what's going on, y'all? Um, Easy said we in here. Lolita, Marcus, what's going on? But yeah, this one here, man, we're going to run through some fights so we can pretty much stay a little busy. I'm going to keep going through it. But um, every now and then I stopped off with some comments like Easy right here. He said, I didn't know Bellator had that many women on the roster. I know, right? <laughs> no, they they got that many women. It's the fact they don't schedule enough, right? They It just don't seem like they schedule enough. It, Every every flyweight you want to see more of, you see them fight like once a year. I mean, when was the last time Denise killed? When was the last time the former champ fought Juliana Velasquez, right? Think about it. When was the last time um, any of these girls fought? I mean, Liz Carmouche, she's probably the busiest I've ever seen. Liz Carmouche has probably been the busiest flyweight or fighter on the WMMA roster that I've seen, you know, put in that work. You know, but yeah, we got let's see UFC fight night tomorrow kind of collides with Bellator 300. And, um, yeah, like I said, they got three fights. Uh, Bellator starts at like 6 30, you know, the premium started at 6 30. So if I call them tomorrow, I'm probably jump on about four because UFC fight night starts at 4 p.m. Prelim started four, and then we'll jump back and forth on these things, man, because the main event. That we, you know, we we need to finally get out of the way is uh the one you see right here, Chris and Cat. Ready to just see this thing? Let's see it go. Let's see how it plays out. And I know most of y'all already know my pick, how I think it's going to go. But look, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there. I would not be mad if Cat goes goes in there and wins. I mean, I'm not rooting against Cat when I say I think Chris is going to go in there and dominate, but. I would like to see Cat win. Definitely rooting for, you know, to make this an interesting fight. You know, I was like the underdog in these type of situations. And, you know, Cat Zangano, she's been around for a long time, man. I mean, she's 41 years old. I'd love to see her touch go. Why not? You know? But yeah, let's let's um let's start over here, man, with uh yeah, let, let's start with 
the UFC this time. I mean, we'll start with them because we'll end with the Bellator fights because there's only three prelim fights that are all unranked fights. They have no... See, that's another thing this, this weekend. The UFC has three WMMA fights and they're all unranked fighters. No, Nobody ranked this fight. Not Easy es favorite fighter, Lauren Murphy. Um, Caitlin Chikagan. I know somebody's favorite fighter was Lauren Murphy. Somebody said it. Uh, Caitlin Chikagan. Shoot. No straw weights. No, no ranked straw weights. But hey... Let's uh, jump into this real quick. We're going to start with the fight night cards. Let me pull it up. Dawson, Green. All right. Real quick comment. Easy said, bro, did you see how Cat was looking at Cyborg at the weigh-in? Cyborg pissed Cat off with all that stuff she's been doing, especially stealing her website. Stole her website? What you mean? I, I don't know nothing about that. I mean, I saw how she was looking at the I saw the, I saw the stare down, the first stare down. And then the final stare down where Chris Cyborg had the war paint on and everything. Cat was looking mad, boy. She was looking pissed. Cat had that stare down like she ain't backing down. So I wouldn't mind seeing Cat translate whatever energy that is into a, a real fight t- tomorrow night. But what do you mean stealing the website, man? Am, am I missing something here? She stole her website. How she do that? Oh, let me have to pull that up on the in the background here while we talking. Yeah, you gotta explain that to me. <laughs> Stealing her website, man. Somebody gotta tell me something about that. I, I didn't I didn't know about that though, man. Stealing her website. He said, Oh, Cyborg bought Cat's domain and put her stuff on it. Wow. Oh yeah, she's trying to get in her head, man. I did not know that. Cat bought Cyborg bought Cat's domain and put her stuff on it. Who knew? Who knew about that? I didn't. Dang. I'm going to have to read into that. Send me a link or something about that. We'll talk about that because I missed it. Okay, but yeah, let's let's look at the first fight on uh, the Dawson Green prelims card. We kicking, um, we kicking off at 4 p.m. So I'm going to call some fights tomorrow. And it's kicking off with it with these two. You know, I think it's a pretty good way to kick the card off because, you know, sometimes they come up short, but they both put on exciting performances. The first fight for the UFC, Montana De La Rosa and JJ Aldridge. Now, this is a fight me and BJ have been talking about just needed to happen because I like JJ. He likes Montana. Two different styles, but they have something in common. They come up short in certain when when the going really gets tough, they come up short. Let me put it that way. Sometimes it doesn't seem like they fight with the utmost confidence in their performances. So that they have in common. They also have the Macy Barber L in common, of course. Both lost to Macy Barber. They differ. When Montana has a win over Lipsky, Aldridge lost to Lipsky, right? So styles make fights. You know, sometimes styles just play out that way. But um, I think both of these girls 
both of these ladies are in a situation where they got to perform. They got to step up. They got to step it up, you know, because the top 15, the top 15, top 20, whatever they whatever they're gonna do, if they extend it out, they're they're moving. You know, a lot of these girls are signing, they're moving on, they're hungry, they're climbing the ladder. You know, they have to go in there and show up and show out. You know, especially Montana, I believe, in this situation. Because look at Montana's resume right now. She's 12, 8, and 1 on a two-fight losing streak. All right. Overall in the UFC, I believe she's, let me see, she's fought Ultimate Fighter. Ultimate Fighter. She lost the exhibition fights. Okay, well, Ultimate Fighter finale. She came in the UFC kind of hot. You know, she won three in a row. And she, she stepped up. She lost Andrea Lee. Beat Barella. Lost all Rujo. Okay, so she's five and five and four. Montana's five and four in the UFC. All right. Like she can beat some of the subpar fighters, but when she stepped it up against fighters like Arujo or Lee or like girls in the top 15 contender material, she usually comes up short. So there's kind of a you know, there's a there's a gauge out there for, for Montana. You know, she can beat a lot of the unranked fighters, but when she steps up in the top 15, that's where she struggles. So when you match her up against certain fighters, you can say, okay, this is what she's lacking. It looks like confidence because she's got striking. She's got wrestling. She's got size, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like that lack of the dog, the dog we've been talking about. There's a lack of confidence in there where Montana won't pull the trigger, you know? And then when you look at, JJ Aldridge, who is 12 and 6 in her resume, I believe she's like 8 and 5 now. I think so. Hold on, let's see. 3, 6, 7, 8. Yeah, she's like 8 and 5. She's she's kind of had the same situation, but she's actually, besides Blanchfield, who is still unranked. And Barbara wasn't really ranked that high. She's never really fought a top 15 yet. You know, she's actually lost two lower fighters. And, and um, I think hers is kind of like the situation where she also kind of lacks that roughness. And she, in the beginning, she kind of lacked the ground game. You know, so J.J. Aldridge has just recently started putting that ground game together, you know, so. With takedown defense and wrestling, that's kind of helped her step her game up, but also lacks a bit of that dirtiness, that grit that's, that's needed to fight. So going into this fight, you know, Montana and Aldridge, they're both going to have to step out of the box. Somebody's going to have to step out of the box. I think whoever steps out of the box is going to win this fight when it comes down to, you know, just no respect, pushing forward, um, imposing their will on the other, um, imposing their style on, on the other. I think that's that's who you're going to see win the fight. You know, I think Aldridge got the cleaner striking in this fight. I think Montana's definitely got the better wrestling. So striker versus wrestler here. Simple as that. Montana, if she's not going to pull the trigger from the outside, if she's got heavy hands, she's going to have to keep diving in. She's going to have to keep going for takedowns and take this fight down and maul JJ, put her on her back. JJ got to fight off that jab. She got that good southpaw jab, that snapping left hand. She's got to let him go. You know, sometimes JJ will sit back, land some pretty shots, gives her opponent a chance to recuperate, recover. Not in this fight, man. She's got to, she's got to touch Montana up. 
And you know what I'm going to say. You know the target to hit. I'm going to ask EZ, do you know what, you know what I'm going to say, EZ? What target does JJ have to hit? You already know what I'm going to say. Where should JJ Aldridge target Montana? In the meantime, he said, I can send you a link on that story if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send the link. Okay, yeah, I see it. I got it. All right. I'm going to have to pull that link up on my phone. Yeah. Oh, there you go, Marcus. There you go. Marcus got it. <laughs> I didn't know if Marcus was still there, but yeah, Marcus, uh, he knows. I meant to ask him too. Yeah, Marcus said the nose, the nose, exactly. The nose. And people think I'm being funny about that. But no, I'm just, I'm really, I'm being serious. Like scar tissue, all of that. That's stuff you have to target. Simple as that. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's just a fact. You know, you got to target the nose. When you got striking like Montana, when you got striking like JJ, why not? You know, she's an accurate shooter, you know, so go for it. So to me, it's simple. Striker versus wrestler. We know what they got to do in this fight. Um, I'm going to go with JJ in this one. I think that last fight she's she uh, performed well in. I know it was Leon Nah, but she came in showing that dog in that fight like she really wanted to end it. That was like a month ago, month and a half ago. You know, she showed up and showed out. And I think that was some good confidence for her. You know, last time out, she lost to Blanchfield. It was a bit of a mistake in that fight. She was winning on the feet. Lipsky just had everything covered in that fight. Montana, I don't think she really put, poses that type of threat when it comes to power. You know, so Aldridge should have no big problem unless she gets stuck on her back in this fight all right so i'm gonna go with jj in this fight i'm gonna, I'm gonna go with jj by decision what about y'all i'm gonna go with jj by decision okay moving on because it's a lot of fights here i don't want to spend too much time on all these fights just we'll watch them play out tomorrow oh man i'm looking forward to this one here Oh, man, I'm looking forward to this. My girl is back, Kanako Murata. Kanako Murata. She's been out the game for a little over two years. She suffered some damage, man. She suffered some damage. She's back, and she's taking on Vanessa Demopoulos. And believe it or not, believe it or not, this is a dangerous fight. This is a dangerous fight for Kanako Murata to come back in. It really is because Kanako, Kanaka has that real fast-paced wrestling style and when she gets you when she gets you on the ground she can be a little reckless in the guard and that's what i called that's what i called in that verna fight you know whenever she got in that guard with verna verna almost got that arm on her and i believe she did get out of the arm bar but not without getting like her forearm or something fractured or broken in that fight and that's what had her out along with um you know, some teeth, you know, some dental work, you know, she got teeth messed up really bad. I know y'all seen that picture. I know y'all seen that picture where uh, I posted up uh, Kanaka Murata's dental work that needed to be done, man. Like, I mean, them teeth were, oh man, but like she was chewing on like bullets or something. Yeah. So that kept her out, you know, and to me, she's definitely one of the ones that's 
strawweights I saw to come up that was most promising as far as, you know, her striking and wrestling and strength. So I'm glad to see she's back. But yeah, she's going to be taking on Demopolis, who been staying pretty active. You know, she's been pretty active at nine and five. She's been taking the call when the UFC, call, when, when they call her. She came in, lost her first fight against J.J. Aldridge. But since then, you know, she put together a string of wins, I think like three or four. I think three, yeah, because she lost to Carolina, right? Yeah, so she's like three and two in the UFC. Got a lot of heart, too. You know, she got a lot of heart. And just when you think you can count her out or she's about to lose, that, that's where she comes in and submits you. Same as when she was fighting for LFA, man. Like, you know, if you have good takedown defense and striking, you keep her, you keep it there. You don't take Demopolis to the ground. That girl can submit you just like that. She's got the skills like that. I know the one upset performance was from Juarez. When Juarez about knocked Demopolis out, she jumped right in that guard and got submitted by Demopolis. That's how dangerous she is. Even in LFA, you know, there's a fight with, um, was that Cynthia Arcio? She, shoot, Cynthia Arcio got knocked out or, or stopped by her. So, you know, she definitely been working on her hand game. You know, she's, she's a strong little grappler. And I think Demopolis' grappling has actually been a little bit more present than Tabitha Ricci. You know, I think she, she tends to be a little bit more dangerous. Like, you see that flexibility, athleticism. You know, she, Demopolis actually can just, like, bend in some crazy ways. You know, she's a pole dancer and everything. So, the girl can move. And she'll, and, and she'll trade with you. So, heart. Dangerous ground game against a returning Kanako. Oh, man. I think Kanako, she's got the speed on the feet from, you know, going by her last few fights. I've seen her, and, you know, she can move, put combinations together and step in and out. But she just can't go in there diving for takedowns in this one because Demopolis is going to, she's going to accept them. You know, she's going to accept those. And um, she does that. Demopolis will gladly, gladly invite her into the guard, get on her back, and, and pull off a submission just like that, I believe. But I like both fighters in this one, man. Um, I think Demopolis, you know, she's exciting. I don't know if she'll ever be top 15. I mean, she could probably get top 15 if she gets this win because that'll put her four in a row or three. That'll put a four and one in her last five. Let me see one, two, three. Yeah, four and one in her last five. So she could probably get top 15. Kanaka, I just don't know like how rusty she is and what, what she had a chance to work on in this fight. You know, what did she have a chance to really perfect in this one? But I think I'm gonna give Kanaka the edge. I'm gonna give Kanaka the edge if she doesn't get reckless in the guard. Or if she gets taken down, if she doesn't have the strength to control Demopolis on the ground as far as using her wrestling to counter that jujitsu, she might wind up getting submitted. I can see that from Murata. Um, I think she could win on the feet here. But again, you know, I just think that Demopolis is a little bit more fresh. So to me, I'm kind of torn in this fight. Honestly, yeah. I am really torn with this one because... I'm trying to factor in the inactivity here. 
Whereas Demopolis has had, you know, a number of fights in the UFC. You got a chance to work. I don't know if her defense has improved as far as her striking, but she's got a little bit of power and she'll she'll trade you know, her heart. Heart and jiu-jitsu will carry you a long way in this game, man. So I'm not going to pick in this. I'm not going to pick in this fight. What about y'all? Who, who's picking in this fight? I'm not. Easy said, yeah, that dental bill had to be massive. Yeah. Um, Arata's teeth looked like she was chewing on rocks. Yeah, man. Things was down to the pink. Man, the gums, man. But yeah, uh, I think in this fight, Kanako could fight well off a jab in this fight, use combination step in and out, and she could win like cage wrestling. A lot of pressure to win the cage to nullify that pressure fighting style of Vanessa Demopoulos running in with that overhand right. Um, Demopoulos, to me, has used more head movement, get her way in, use those, use those hooks, overhand right, and get the fight to the ground. But I'm 50-50 on this one. I mean, what who do y'all got in this fight? Let me know who y'all got because um, I, I'm going to go in and enjoy this fight. I'm not picking in this one because I think it's just a little too close to say. Hold on. Yeah, I think this one is a little too close because of inactivity on um, the one side, okay? Okay, easy. So he's got, see? Easy. So he's got Vanessa, Murata, going to be hella rusty. And Marcus said so he's got Murata. See, yeah, for a couple of picks, yes, yeah, 50-50. <laughs> I'm not going to pick in this one. Um, I think they both have a good chance of finishing each other in this fight. I see a finish in this fight. I see either a submission or a TKO in this fight. Honestly, yeah, I do. Uh, let me see. Okay, so going to the third and final fight on this UFC card, we got Carolina Kovacavich, Diana Belbita. All right, identical records. All right. They're both 15 and 7 right now. Carolina, on the other hand, you know, she's had a taste at the top five in the past. I used to consider her like one of the elites in the strawweight division once upon a time ago. Maybe that was like back in, uh, man, when was that? I want to say maybe like eight years ago. Well, Maybe like six, seven years ago, like when she first came in, you know, she put together a little win streak when she first came in. She beat Rose and a couple of the other straw weights. And I was like, oh, man, this girl looking good. And I think she beat Rose to get that first title shot and gave Yoana a good fight. Put that hematoma on Yoana's head as well. But then when she lost that fight, I was like, OK, she's still elite. But then she got beat by Claudia. And I was like, oh, no. Then, then she comes back, beats a couple other fighters, and then, bro, it's been downhill. It was downhill from there, man. When she met Jessica Andrade and fought that wrong fight, oh, man. I believe that's the most memorable strawweight knockout in WMA history. Of course, next to Rose and Wei Lee, to me, the most brutal 
like Rose and the Rose knockout of Wei Li, that's memorable. But when we talk brutal brutality, man, in a women's division, just gone dry knocking Carolina out in one round. You're never gonna forget that. I think that yeah, I'll call that close to my number one. That is my number one when it comes to wow knockouts in uh, the strawweight division for sure for sure easy said she was never the same after over the bone got broken that was after the um you fight right yeah 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 she was contemplating retirement i think it was like what, four years ago yeah when she got worked in the yon fight yeah and then panay submitted her and then panay submitted her and i was like oh yeah it's about time to go but yeah carolina after that first title shot she kind of went down lost five in a row and that's where i was like okay you know maybe it is time to retire but she bounced back to a certain level she put together a string of wins against the lower fighters and like i said if she wants to stick around that's cool like you can fight that that fight you know police harry demopolis now she fight diana belbita so to me my thoughts on this one this ain't really like a fight where i'm worried about carolina going here and getting like damaged you know really hurt i mean diana she's a long lean striker you know she'll have her little slick moments on the feet but never really seen her as like this dangerous submission specialist i mean she's got like a couple submissions i believe before she got into the ufc but since she's been in the ufc she hasn't really been dominant in in just like one discipline you know i think she's like two and three in the ufc uh let me pull her resume up Yep, two or three in the UFC. You know, she beat Hannah Goldie and Maria Oliveira, you know, and beat by Molly McCann, Joe Jua. Um, beat, uh, lost to Gloria DePaula. So there's levels to it. And you can see Diana Belbita's levels. So to me, this is a good fight for Carolina. You see this in boxing. Easy, you know, you see this in boxing all the time. Like when dudes... Easy, you know what I mean? When boxers, name me a boxer, easy. You know, like a former champ that still wants to fight, but they fight like these lesser guys just to get money. You know, like Amir Khan. You know, Amir Khan might stick around. He can't beat Terrence Crawford or Errol Spence or guys like that, but he'll stick around to fight like the, shoot, I can't even name some of the guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like some of the lower level guys. Not even the Ugas, but I'm talking low-level fighters where he wants to worry about the damage. Mark said Holyfield. Well, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, um, yeah, Holyfield, like, Holyfield stick around. He's getting down to in his career. He still wants to fight. Yeah, Zab Judah. Yeah, Holyfield, like, Zab Judah and Evander. Yeah, like, when they stick around for a number of years and you know they ain't going to touch a belt no more, like, when Holyfield, you never want to see Holyfield fight one of the Klitschko's. Well, who else can he fight? Uh, Larry Donald. <laughs> you know, Larry Donald or, or what was the dude's name? The big Russian dude that don't hit hard. Nikolai Valuev or something. Yeah, Zab Judah, though, you know, he'll fight guys that don't, um, that, that, that just don't have that level yet. So I think Carolina's in the same position. So to me, I think, you know, Carolina, she can go in here. She can strike with uh, Diana Belbita, but 
I think over the past couple um past couple years, like Easy said here, ATT got a ground game right. I usually don't like those super gems, but ATT is the truth. They get results with whoever they bring in. Yeah, I think um I believe a little bit more in ATT than I do like the Winkle John gym, honestly. Um, because you know, fighters like Holly, um, Michelle Waterson, they're loyal to the gym. They haven't really evolved though, you know. Um they haven't really evolved like that. They're fast, athletic fighters. You know, they have like these good attributes about them. But I think there comes a time when you have to leave that gym so somebody else can like point out what you need to be changing and what you need to work on, right? Like Jackson Week took Holly only so far. So you got to go somewhere else. Um, Clarissa, I believe, left too. You know, smart move on her. John Jones, of course, you know. Uh, yeah, Louis Colazzo. Yeah, I like Louis Colazzo. Yeah, Louis Colazzo, you know, he started fighting dudes like, uh, what's that guy's name? Dang, the dude that Jerome Boots Ennis knocked out. Sergey, his name is like Sergey something. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Robot Chicken. He's a co com coach combo is a voice of reason. <laughs> what's going on, Robot? Yeah, um, but yeah, I think. Carolina, she's in good hands over there. You know, she's been working with a good team. Some of these new girls I'd be seeing on the come up. You know, Kayla Harrison's over there. You know, Kayla, not Kayla for her PFL antics and things like that. But, you know, Kayla's a good grappler. Kayla's a good worker. You know, she's somebody good to work with. So some of that rubs off on Carolina. Good. Um, so to me, I think going in this fight, I see Carolina having the advantage, experience, um just yeah overall experience man even like power advantage i think carolina has more of the offensive power advantage and just the ground game you know belbita like i said doesn't really have no pop like that the two wins that she has got like the maria, maria Oliveira, it was a decision where she i think that was marcus right marcus was talking about maria Oliveira and diana belbita i didn't even do it I didn't even do a video talking about that one because that fight was so y'all the fight was bad, man. Bill Beater versus Oliveira was like, what? What is this? So honestly, Carolina's never had a performance like that. She either winning or losing in explosive fashion, which means she must be trying. So I think, you know, Carol Carolina is gonna step on it in this fight. She either gonna go in on the inside to get couple hits in get the fight to the ground and she can win this thing by submission or just control of the ground so i'm gonna go with carolina in this fight. i feel a little more confident in this one where i'm gonna say carolina kovacavich win over diana belbita who y'all got who y'all got before we jump to this bellator talk man diana belbita's long too man she's long for this division she's like five foot seven i believe her reach is like a 60 yeah 68 Let's see if she can use it. Like, if she uses that reach and use some teep kicks and some head kicks, she could get some work done. But when I was watching the Oliveira fight, I didn't really see her go in there and take full. I didn't see her take full charge in there. You know, it was just like such a weird rhythm fight, you know? All right. So, Marcus said he got Carolina. I think a lot of y'all got Carolina too, right? Experience, I believe, will carry her through this fight. I do. 
because the experience that she's faced, she's actually won some good fights. You know, Rose, Felice Herrick, Demopolis is a dangerous grappler. You know, she's actually won some high intense fights. She's been in some high intense fights to learn from. Easy to say, Carolina, I think she got the edge. All right. I think she could get a finish submission or decision. The way they the way Diana Bell beat her hugged up on, I hope that this ain't gonna be a friendly sparring session. Let me just say that. All right. I mean, it's good that they show that type of energy sometimes. Okay, hugged up, it's cool. You know, they'll be the hugged up on Carolina, but I hope that don't translate to a sparring session. Easy said I miss Herrig. A lot of people didn't like her, but I did. Oh, I like, yeah, I liked Herrig. All right. I used to see her on that one show before the UFC, before she was in the UFC. It was like this kickboxing show. I think she's trying to go to professional boxing now, too, right? Wouldn't that be crazy if she got into that realm of like, uh, what is her name? Amanda Serrano and them and a Baumgartner. <laughs> Felice Harry versus Michaela Mailer one day. Yeah, Felice Harry wasn't like, that bad. I mean, yeah, she has some entertaining Muay Thai fights. Marcus said Belvita throws those mosquito bite punches. Yeah, her and Oliver. They was like having a skeeter bite competition i robot said kk no question i only worry if you put her in there with a power puncher yeah yeah if you put her in there with like denise gomes right now or yasmin lucindo i'll be worried for but this is a good fight i think this will be her fourth win in a row i do all right man so what what else we got bellator 300 let's jump over here for a second y'all how many fights we got here? Like a one, two, three, four, I believe five, right? All right, hang on one second. I want to check something. All right, yo. Oops. <laughs> I heard a little echo. Dang. Trying to get this echo off. Okay, I'm back. Easy said Carolina. He said we got to talk about Lima Lay weighing in more on her third way in. Yeah, man, I'm gonna talk about that. All right, we're gonna get to that though. But um, yeah, let me pull up this Bellator card. Okay, so yeah, Bellator actually got Bellator 300 actually got five women fights on this card. 
16 it's a 16 fight card so you got five women's fights actually outnumbering the ufc here you know they got flyweights and featherweights here and um the first fight i'm looking forward to let me just tell y'all um this fight here i'm looking forward to alar yawani and um jenna bishop Laura yawani and jenna bishop that's gonna be the first fight on the card or second fight on the card but first women's fight we're gonna cover that tomorrow you know, Laura Yawani, this girl, I'm going to say she's kind of like, she's kind of, okay, Lolita says she got Carolyn. Okay, I thought that was easy. Easy and Lolita, y'all's icons from a distance almost look the same. <laughs> yeah, Lolita, um, yes, 300. Bellator's moving on. Bellator's already at 300. Um, yeah, I like Yawani. She's kind of like J.J. Aldridge in Montana to me. Like, she's explosive. And she'll put together a good string of wins. Like she has this this style. Sometimes she's the opposite, though. Like she'll get reckless in there. You know, she's a little reckless whenever she gets to um, putting that pressure on. But I like her, man. <laughs> she said, I need glasses. No, I don't. Uh, it really. See, I'm on StreamYard and everything is white, so it all runs together. Alar Yawani, though. This girl, sometimes she'll show up, or sometimes I believe she shows up, but she just doesn't. Kind of like Juliana Pena or something. You know, she's a little reckless in there. She'll get a little reckless when it comes down to some of the bigger fights. Sometimes she'll perform. Sometimes she'll go in there head first, get taken out. You know, coming in with that chin wide open. She'll be getting rocked sometimes in these fights. So... I like the style. You know, she's definitely a puncher. Uh, she's quick. She's strong. You know, she's bringing that striking in this type of fight. I believe this is going to be striker versus grappler. You know, Larryawani is uh, eleven and seven. And in the let's see, in the Bellator flyweight division, she is one. She's three and three. So yeah, she's. It's like I said. You know, she'll show up sometimes. She's kind of 50 Three and three, she's 50-50. She beat Beck Rollins. Submission over Beck Rollins. She's beat Alara, Alejandra Lara and Denise Kilholtz, a former title contender. Two former title contenders, right? So, yeah, that shows you she can she can rise to the occasion. But then she'll lose to Okana Watanabe. She lost to Vanessa Porto and Bruna Ellen. So where is she lacking at? I mean... I think it's like I said, it's 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 kind of in that IQ department. It's like making certain adjustments. Like Laura and Keyholes are going to bring striking, so she doesn't really have to think too much in those situations. You know, Keyholes going to strike with her. Laura's going to bang with her. Beck Rollins definitely going to box with her because Beck Rollins is a boxer. So what does she do in that fight? She submitted Beck Rollins, right? And these Keyholes has come forward, bringing that come forward kickboxing. Alaria Wani is going to move. She's going to stick and move and land combinations. You know, so I think that you see the type of fighters she can beat. She can beat stand-up fighters, but some fighters that are going to bring wrestling, like Kana and Porto. Bruno, she can match her with stand-up. Bruno Ellen can box. She can move. Easy to say he like Bruno Ellen. Too. Yeah, I like Bruno Ellen. I was kind of hoping she was going to go to the tough house whenever um, they had that last flyweight house competition because i was hoping she was going to go there because 
it was it was like a period whenever she wasn't fighting, man. Like they weren't giving her any fights. So I was like, maybe she's going to the tough house. Because I believe there was like a period where she didn't fight for like two years. Brunel didn't fight for like a good two years. And I was like, man, they need to give, give her to the UFC or something. Let her jump in the tough house, you know? Yeah, I thought she was going to be in the house with Juju Miller and them, but oh, she got to fight with Bellator again. So, Ioani, uh, I, I think she's a good stand-up fighter. She can bang. Takedown defense is okay in some situations, but I think I think her problem is making adjustments and fights. You know, uh, I think wrestlers still give her problems and grapplers give her problems. So, looking at her opponent, Gina Bishop, this girl, you know, I've been telling people to take a take a look at this girl right here, Jenna Bishop, five and zero. She's dangerous, man. This girl's from the grappling world. You know, she's been putting that grappling thing together for quite a number of years now. She's got that experience. You know, she's a mauler. She'll take you down. She'll grind you out. She's five and zero right now. You know, she's um, won her first four fights in um, LFA. That's where I seen her i was like okay this girl looking like something you know she's got a couple finishes in lfa uh she mauled out what's her name that caliendo girl in her first fight in bellator so yeah this girl's on the rise you know she's young well i won't say she's that young because i'm gonna pull that up here but you know she's a hungry fighter but she's young at heart we'll say that you know physically she's still young we'll just say that she's young in mma years definitely when you look, yeah, Jenna Bishop, she's she's trying to make her presence known. You know, she's a jujitsu practitioner. And at 37 years old, I believe she's in that mindset where this is all or nothing. So Alaria Wani is gonna have to be careful in this fight, big time. She is gonna have to be careful in this fight because this girl, she can put pressure on. And she can put that, you know, she can put the hands together just enough to get her in that position that she, that she needs, take you down, maul you, and either, you know, just top control you or, or try to grind you out till she can get that submission. So, yeah, I'm Jenna Bishop. I got my this girl here because, you know, I think she's got that momentum, man, like where she's trying to get it. She wants to go for that belt. She wants to get that, get that Liz Carmouche, whoever it is. You know, time's not on the side at this point. You know, already 37 years old. I would love to see her get the belt here or get to a point where the contract is done and maybe she could go over to the UFC. But you know, that's another world too. You know, the UFC is high high level fighters over there. So we'll see, you know, Jenna Bishop, uh, what type of skill set she can build along the way. Cause yeah, 37, 5 and 0. Uh, MMA is different, you know, she is a black belt in uh bjj but you know how's the striking how would the striking hold up so got to test that here in uh bellator first so i think alaria wani is going to bring a good test when it comes to the boxing and the movement you know jenna bitch will have to cut the octagon off she'll have to body lock her cage wrestler get her down maul her you know use that jujitsu in this type of fight don't try to trade with alaria wani you know alaria wani is explosive you all got some power in these hands so you want to go in there trying to leave that chin open and go boxing with this girl, you know. Um, if I had to pick in this one, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with 
I know people think I like the strikers all the time, but I'm, I think I'm going to have to pick Jenna Bishop in this fight. I think when she closes the distance and get this fight to the ground, if she gets past the power and some of the fire fire from Laura Yawani, I think she can win this fight, man. I think so. So I'm going to go with Jenna Bishop in this fight. I think she's got that momentum and the perfect style that's going to give Laura Yawani some problems. But who knows? Who knows? Might get caught too coming in. All right, moving on to the next fight. Walter Bell said this question is way off topic, but does anyone in the live talk know about TV boost antenna being advertised? Or I like to see if it picks up pay-per-view. Yeah, somebody, any more comments? No, because I don't know. Bruno would have wrecked every girl on that wax. Season's tough, but it's easy work. <laughs> hey, man, I, I, I would have loved to see her do it, man. Man, she would have got that UFC contract for sure. All right, so Yawani Bishop, that's the first fight we're going to check out. And then we're going to go to Leah McCourt and Sarah McMahon. Dang, man, you see the size difference between these two? I always thought, you know, like, well, height difference. Because, you know, Sarah McMahon is, you know, wide. You know, that girl is jacked, especially at featherweight. You know, she's Sarah man is like five six, you know, which I consider kind of tall for a woman. Five six. Lee McCourt. Ooh. That was like five ten, five eleven, man. I always forget she's that tall. I keep thinking she's like five nine, but yeah, she's this girl was towering over Sarah McMahon in this one, you know? So she's got some size to her. All right. So Sarah McMahon, y'all know she made her debut against Arlene Blinko. Uh, earlier this year after leaving the UFC. And um, I thought she looked good against Blinko. She she did get caught because, you know, Blinko's a boxer. I believe she put her down, right, with her right hand. But overall, you know, she bounced back throughout the fight, recovered, and won pretty – I think she won pretty comfortably in that fight. You know, I think she had that physical strength and that wrestling advantage. Um, going into a fight with Leah McCourt, you know, Leah, Leah to me doesn't really have the best hand game or like some of the best, you know, footwork. Kind of reminds me of Montana De La Rosa just a little bit, but I see a little bit more heart in her where she'll she'll go in there and she won't stop trying. The um, couple of fights that she did have when she did step it up against veterans, you know, she did come up short. You know, Sinead Cavanaugh beat her. Then Kat Zingano was able to outwork her and beat her, you know, um, kind of gave Kat a tough time with the size. And that's that's the one thing that might be beneficial to her in this fight if she knows how to use it. But to me, Sarah McMahon, if Sarah McMahon can, you know, hold on to her cardio and her gas tank here, I don't think she would have a problem controlling or, or you know, getting uh, Lee McCourt to the ground here. Um course i think they both will want to get to the ground in this fight so it could be more of an uneventful type of fight but with sarah mcmahon working on her overhand right knowing that her striking is some levels above leah mccourt you might see her throwing those overhand rights in this fight you might see her closing that distance and blasting big shots in on leah mccourt smothering so that's what you got to do smother you know Lee McCorbett, I'm trying to work on her strike a little bit more. You know, she's been trying to put combinations together. So 
with her being as tall and long as she is, you know, she's going to have to pop a jab against the wrestler. You know, 5'10", like a 70-inch reach, use it. But that's that's never been her strong suit. So I could see her wanting to use her size like she did against Cat, but it not really being as successful. So, again, I'm, I'm going to kind of go with experience in this one. I'm going to go with experience. Um, I think Sarah McMahon at this weight is a little bit stronger. I know that she is, what, 42 now? 43. Yeah, she's 43 now, but I think that she still has enough to go in here and show the show the young buck some things. Um, yeah, I think so. Because, you know, Liam, of course, she's she's beat some of the lower-level fighters, Janae Harding, a couple of submissions when she first came in. She, I believe she's, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, six and two in Bellator. But when she's fought higher-level competition, you know, she's either out-grappled out or out-struck. I think Sarah can do something. Man. I think she can land some hard punches in this fight. She might be able to come away with the win, but she won't break Leah McCourt down. I don't think so. Like she won't break her. I think she'll probably win like a decision or that close decision. Cause if Leah McCourt can last, I think her strength and her size will come into play. You know, if Sarah explodes too much by the third round, she's, kind of wearing down, you know, Leah McCourt can have that advantage and make a comeback even with her hands, you know, so we'll see. Um, Robot Chicken said he's got Sarah. All right. Mark said have one word to say. Scott Cobra likes the mold. <laughs> Easy says Sarah can't do anything if she can't wrestle. All she needs to do is pop that jab and keep her at range. Yeah, uh, Sarah's got a good overhand right, though, man. I think she can, like, wade her way in. She's, she's made some improvements in her last couple fights with the striking, but so is Leah, but if Leah's not hadn't improved that jab, then I don't think she's going anywhere. Robot Chicken said card, cardio is a key in this fight. Yeah. So, you know, we got veteran versus um, I still say prospect here. And uh, I'm gonna give the edge to the veteran in this fight, but really I I would still say it's pretty tight. Like it's it is 50-50 though. Like sometimes you see Sarah kind of wither <clears throat> not really break but just kind of like take a round off or just kind of fall short you know so i'm gonna give the experience the edge in this one but it is 50 50 i don't see anybody getting submitted in this fight what about y'all you see anybody getting submitted easy said at least should think about getting sarah up with knees setting sarah up with knees because she's gonna shoot yeah that's smart yeah, that's smart. You know, she goes diving in, you know, catch her with that knee to the face. I mean, Sarah's a big girl. So, but Sarah, you know, doesn't really use like a lot of power, man. He said Leah's alive for his submission. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She's a grappler, so she could if she wears Sarah down too. Like if Sarah gets tired in the later rounds, like she did against Pena, she's up for it. Yeah, I don't see anybody get knocked out, but yeah, maybe submission. But yeah, I kind of see decision in this one, y'all. All right. All right. So next featherweight fight we have. I'm surprised this one's a little higher level because this one um is actually two more unknown fighters to a lot of people. I thought Sarah and Leo would be higher than these two, but they're actually closer to the main card, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're they're actually the premier fight on the prelims card. Lorraine Santos and Jacqueline Catalina, Cataline. Um, Lorraine Santos, she's new. She's new to Bellator. She's a newcomer. Um, I haven't got a chance to do any research on her fights, but you know, I know she's done like some a lot of Brazilian organization fights like that. Um, Jacqueline Cataline, y'all know her. She's come from um, Bell, uh, not Bell, PFL. Uh, she came up short in her last fight in PFL, and um, she won like one fight over there in PFL, I think, or maybe yeah, I think she did. Like, what was a good finish that she she got over there? But um, maybe her contract was up. You know, so she's making her move over to Bellator or this might be a sign that Bellator is going over to um, PFL. You know, PFL is going to buy him out. True here. What's up? He said, Jackie can fight. Yeah, this girl's scrappy. Yeah, yeah she's scrappy. Robot thinks I love Jackie, but not in this fight. This one, I'm not too sure. I got to do some research on Santos because yeah, I think Jackie, you know, she goes in there and she'll let them hands go. She's a wrestler. But. And that one fight she's had, I, I saw some potential with her strike in there. So as long as she improves in that department, you know, I think she has a good chance in this fight. Let's see, she's three and three. So still a little green, you know, even at 35. She's five, six, 66 inch reach. So, you know, she's got some size to her. Uh, Santos, what about her? Let's see. Good record though, six and one. You know, for the competition that she's fighting, you know, like I said, I've really seen the fighters she's fought. Oh, she's nine years younger, 26, five, six. So you, you're going to be looking at a fighter that's a lot younger here, strong, stronger, maybe, you know, uh, more finishes too. You know, she's got, let's see, one, two, what, well, about three finishes, but a lot of decision wins. So, hey, Santos got a good chance in this fight. Can't really call this one because I don't have any um a lot of intel on Santos. We'll see how it goes though. I'm definitely gonna be tuning in because I want to see how this girl looks, Lorraine Santos. Yeah, Marcus, I, I'm already getting this set up, man. He's gonna need three TV TV screens this weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have I think I'll put the UFC on the big screen and I'll put Bellator on the laptop since Bellator prelims are going to be on um, YouTube, right? So I put ESPN Plus on the big screen and I put YouTube on my laptop to watch the prelims. And maybe going by the the main card, I'll switch it over to the big screen, but we'll see. But yeah, I'm going to have to have a couple screens playing like usual uh is there any boxing this weekend to, to play i don't think there is is it uh, okay so yeah i'm not too sure in this pick here i'm gonna just go in and enjoy this fight as well santos and Catalina. i like Catalina. no one i've seen from her Catalina actually got two fights scheduled man this girl got a fight coming up <laughs> shout out the jack shout out the jackie Catalina, man she's fighting for bellator Okay, she's fighting October 7th this weekend. Then she's fighting the next weekend for peak fighting. You know, shout out to Natalia Speech, um, one fighter I follow. She fights for peak fighting a lot. But, um, 
yeah, she's gonna be fighting back to back, man. So she's trying to get working. Hopefully, she can get it, you know, get a victory, and hopefully, she doesn't take too much damage so she can get the get the fight next week. Though, Easy said, my sports have been busy: MMA, boxing, football, and baseball. Yeah, everything's been going right now. Football season, baseball. I don't really watch those of you know. I'm not a fan of those. Um, just MMA and boxing for me, or you know, even grappling or Muay Thai, all of that. But I'm going to be tuning in to. I believe there's some boxing this week. I just gotta gotta find out. I heard Tank and Tia Fimo are supposed to be trying to fight, so we'll see how that goes. Okay, so um, moving on up the list for Bellator. Okay, easy. I'm, I've been holding out long enough. We'll talk about it now. Going to the main card. We're going to the title fight. Oh, did I say title fight? Yeah, right. Good thing I didn't post the title picture up here with Liz holding the title. Liz Carmouche, Salima Lay, flyweight fight. Oh, Terry Harper fights. Okay, cool. Yeah, Liz Carmouche, Salima Lay fight. That's all I got to say. <laughs> no, it's a non-title fight now. It's a non-title fight. I saw Easy talking about donuts over there. He's I've been eating donuts too. I actually don't eat donuts really. Maybe once in a, once a year, I get a craving for Krispy Kreme donuts. But yeah, I don't eat them. I know you playing, but I know you saying Alima Lay been eating them. But you know, <laughs> Alima Lay been doing something, man. We got we got to look this up, man, because Alima Lay missed weight the first time. She missed it the second time, right? And then on the third time, Easy E, like you said. She weighed more. So was this a scale issue or was this like not being funny, but was like was there like some flesh like hanging on the scale that when they pulled it off, it made the scale go up? You know, not saying fat or anything because she ain't fat. I'm just saying, like, was she standing wrong or was something caught? It was like um that episode of Simpsons where Homer's stomach. Again, I'm not calling her fat. All right. So before people get all offensive, I'm not saying fat, but I'm just saying, like, was something hanging on the scale? Like, Homer's stomach was on the, it was on like the towel rack. When he pulled it off, the extra weight would weigh in. Because how do you weigh more when you get naked? When you take everything off, everything comes off. You know what? That's why you cut your hair. That's why you take your clothes off. Were they were they doing it right? Was it a, was it a professional weight man? <laughs> Let's see. Um, okay, so McFarland, former champ, didn't hesitate. Okay, let me see. All right, first person I told when I knew I was going to miss weight, and what did she say? She said she loves me. She wants me to be healthy, and asked if I wanted to use her sauna. Okay, she's talking about Liz Carmouche. All right, words can express how much this person means to me. What an absolute G she is for still taking this fight despite me effing up. Okay. What was the situation here? Yeah. Okay. Dang, Liz. 124.8. Alima Lay, 126.6. Okay. Dang. 
I don't know. Every time I look at Ali Malay, I'm trying to find out where the extra weight is with her because look at some of these other girls that be jacked. I mean, you look at like Manone, Tyler Santos. And I know that's muscle, you know. It seems like they should be, I guess, making way easier than her. But like, what was the process before, you know, this title fight was announced? Like, were you practicing that lifestyle? I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just trying to think. Okay, so Sage said how she knows how she weighed in at 126.2, then ended at 128. I'm I'm trying to figure it out. True here said, okay, her chest, okay, her breast. I think that's that might be where the extra weight is. Could be. I know some women do have that reduction to get the weight off. You know, not like implants, but actual reduction. All right, so McFarland initially weighed, McFarland initially missed weight at 127.4 this morning, right? And then when I went to go, I was actually going on my run this morning or this afternoon. I pulled up MMA Junkie and it was like the post said 10 minutes ago, right? And this is the part I saw. She removed her clothing, weighed in behind the towel to cut the 126.6, okay? So that's where I was at because I was like, okay, she missed weight. And I was like, wait, she went here a second time. It's 126.6. All right. And then she was given an hour to cut weight. But on her final try, her weight actually jumped up to 128.2. Her official weight of 126.6 marks the second time in her last four fights she has failed to make weight. Second time, failed to make weight for a fight. Wow. Yeah, that is weird. How do you go from 127 to 126 to 128? Was that water weight coming back already? Marcus says she's still dealing with that fire. Yeah, I mean, Easy said McFarlane going to throw the fight. She'll make it look good, but she's going to do her friend a solid on this one. Yeah, I know, man. That, that might be what we get here. I hope not, though. Sage said last WMA title fight expected to be a weight miss was Al Daniel versus against Nunez. And after watching that fight, part of me wishes it ended up being Rocky. Yeah. Yeah, so um, maybe during that time she got off, just started to blow back up. Maybe, I don't know, maybe she didn't have any more water to, to, to sweat. So... She probably knew at that point, I'm not going to make weight. So we're just going to get back on here. And they just did it, entertain it. She put a little bit of that weight back on and said, you know what? I forfeit some of my purse and we'll, we'll just we'll just do it. And it sucks because this is the second title fight for Bellator. Not just the second weight miss for Alima Lay, but the second title fight that Liz Carmouche has been in where her opponent missed weight. Because if y'all remember... Deanna Bennett calling for that title shot too. She was calling for it back in April. She got it. She misses weight too. Right? So it kind of sucks for Liz Carmouche. I mean, it, it comes up a title defense for her, which it should. But if Liz loses, the, the, the belt becomes vacant, and that sucks, you know? But in this situation, I don't know if, at this point if Lee Malay is going to be like focused focus focus like she's gonna be locked in you know liz has been on point with her weight shout out to liz you know she's come over to bellator been active been on weight 
I mean, she came into Bellator, won her first, fought once, 2020, fought twice in 2021, twice in 2022. Now she's fighting twice in 2023. So Liz has been active since leaving. She's since leaving, um, since leaving the UFC, losing to Valentina, she's won six in a row, you know, and may wait on every fight. And, you know, when you look at Liz, I mean, like, this girl got a lot of muscle, man. Like, this girl's jacked. But here she is coming in weighing 124. You know, so it's just weird. Yeah, yeah, easy. He said Liz weighed like 124. Lehman was no bigger than her. Lehman looked depleted. I think maybe just the process with her. I think it might just be the lifestyle and the process. Because, again, if girls like Macy Barber, they can make 125. And Manon can make weight. I mean, Manon, she looked bad in her last weigh-in, but she made it. You know, she made it. Same with Tyler Santos. They, they, they've been making the weight. I look at them and I say, you know, anything is possible. So maybe it's just a lifestyle thing because the words lifestyle come out of a lot of fighters' mouth. It's, it's like I've got to, I got to have the lifestyle to make weight. You know, you got to have the lifestyle to change. Uh, Marcus Bell said, come on, I'm glad you said that Liz's last fight uh, – last opponent who missed weight because Liz didn't keep that same energy with McFarlane. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You said, oh, yeah, yeah, her last opponent. Yeah, with Deanna Bennett, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, she was kind of pissed about that one, right? Why didn't she let Deanna Bennett use her sauna, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, if you knew she wanted to you know, let her use that sauna. But, yeah, anyway, it's like, man, come on, you know, but at this point, yeah, I think that it could be that type of situation. Like Easy said, man, it could be where Lima might feel bad and the fight might be thrown. I hope not. Either way, I was going with Liz Carmouche in this fight because I think she's just been more so focused. I think she's a better all-around grappler and a striker. And I think she's just a stronger fighter here. I just think she's a stronger fighter in this situation. You know? I just think it is. Um, close from said, how would Liz versus Dakota go? Um, Dakota could have some moments, but right now I think Liz Carmouche would have the experience. You know, Dakota's gonna have to work on her takedown defense, her range, you know, counter punching abilities gonna have to be really sharp. I don't think she would fare well in the inside or against the cage, but I would give Liz the edge right now against Dakota Chiva. As of right now, yeah. But I'm gonna go with Liz in this fight, man. Um, yeah, sucks, sucks. Another title fight loss because that's two. That's two on his Bellator card, right? That's two. But let's let's talk about the main event here real quick before I jump off of here, man. Um, Chris Cyborg versus Kat Zingano. My thoughts on this fight, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, easy. It has been an ugly title reign for for easy uh, for uh, Liz. You know, missing missing weight, missing weight. Oh man, you know. Closer said, "What about Liz versus Aaron?" Hmm. I'm gonna go with Aaron in that fight. I'm gonna go with Aaron in that fight. I think Dakota gets smothered by Liz right now. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I think um, I think Aaron would be uh. Liz Carmouche, though, I think. 
you know, Aaron's been on that UFC level and Aaron is Aaron is a better fighter than Dakota at the moment, you know. Style wise, too, I think that style would give um Liz some problems. You know, Liz is strong, but you know, Liz was getting handled by a couple fighters in the past, and even like Deanna Bennett until she finally took over and submitted her. All right. Chris Cyborg versus Kazingano. Like I said earlier, this fight here, I, I really don't care who wins this one. You know, I really don't. Um, the hype for it has kind of died down for me like a year or two ago because these two could just not come to terms. I don't know what was going on. You know, everybody else is making way and moving. But I'm interested to see what cats bring to the table in this fight. I'm not going to lie. You know, she's already 41 years old, but I think she's going to try her best to rise to the occasion in this fight. Body language, you know, the stare down. She looks, she's looking like she's ready to go. And hopefully it's not like anger she's fighting off of, but hopefully it's like she's in a zone to show up and translate the anger into her skill set and not just fight off emotion. Uh, you know, Chris. She's been doing this a long time, so part of me just wants to say, okay, Chris, Chris Cyborg, you know, she's defended her belt this many times. You know, she's blasted through a lot of these girls. She's going to do it again, you know. Uh, Chris actually hadn't fought. That Arlene Blinko rematch seems – I keep thinking it's this year, but dang, man, Chris hadn't fought in like – Chris has not fought in 17 months. Dang. She's been out for a minute. Yeah. Cyborg been out for 17 months now. Yeah, we think about it. So Chris Cyborg been out 17 months. I mean, she's fought everybody that she could in the division. You know, she's rematched Arlene Blinko, fought everybody, you know, that was in the top 10 or was top 10 at the time. There's a few more fights she can fight. You know, she fought, I mean, she fought Bud Blinko, Leslie Smith, Sinead Kavanaugh, Arlene Blinko. You know, there's other girls she can fight now, Sarah Manny, and of course now Cat. You know, so in the meantime, she did go to boxing. I understand. You know, she kind of let that time play out and work on boxing, get her you know, feet wet over there. But you know, the whole situation with Cat, it was like, oh, who wants to fight? Who's ducking? Um, now that it's on, can't really say anybody is is scared of anybody. You know, I don't think everybody's ever really fearful of an actual fighter. But um, I do believe Chris does have the edge when it comes to just well-roundedness. But there are certain things, you know, Chris hasn't seen in a while, which I'm sure she's been working on in the gym. You know, uh, cats pressure, you know, cats cage wrestling, you know, cats ability to smother and take you down. You know, you got to think of that. Like, I know Chris is physically strong and she's always been like this freakishly type of bringing this freakish type of strength and power you know <laughs> and uh when you fight in, in that manner for so long you know sometimes some girls they just kind of withered at that so i think it's going to be on katzengano's part to push forward more and not give cat that type of respect you know you got to be that type of fighter like like Aaron was against Andrade, you know, don't 
don't take a step back against her. Don't run. You know, you got to meet her head on. But if Cat does this, you know, she's got to have the defense. You know, you just can't take these shots. You know, you got to move your head in this type of fight, and you got to jab your way in like Aaron Blanchfield does. I'm saying, like, you see Aaron doing certain things. I'm just – I know she's a younger fighter than Cat, but I'm just saying, like, some of these older fighters can learn from the young because the young fighters are coming in more so well-rounded and evolved. And I think for Cat to get this fight where she needs to be, she can't be on the back foot because that's going to give Chris too much respect. You know, I think she's going to have to use like hard leg kicks and fight more in the mid range and moving her head and striking her way in and then backing Chris to the cage where her abilities are more, more present, you know, knees. You know, she's got those those knees that she's infamous, infamous for, you know, work Chris Cyborg's body. Because, you know, got to take it in your hands sometimes to say, okay, let me let me see what type of strength Cat, I mean, Cyborg has at this point. You never know. Fighters can age overnight. Test, test Chris Cyborg's gas tank at this point. You know, Chris is 38, but it's a rough 38, too. You know, she's been in a lot of fights, a lot of training sessions. You know, she hasn't taken, like, a lot of losses, but Chris, you know, she's trained a lot. And, and to train a lot, your body faces a lot of wear and tear, you know? So you have to test that element. When you're talking older fighters going against older fighters like this, yeah, you got to start testing things out like that. Fighters' cardio, their their reflexes. It's not just like your average fighter anymore, you know? Um Worker legs, worker knees. You know, cat's got to be a little bit. She's got to be ready to take a few shots, but she's got to give it right back. You know, she's got to give it right back. She ain't gonna win a boxing match with Chris. No, Chris's box is too sharp. She's too patient with it. Fighting a patient, tactical, mid-range fighting will work. It's got to be a gritty mid-range fight where she can punch her way in, get it to the cage, keep it there, take her down. You know. And that's asking a lot for Cat at this point. I know, you know, Cat's on a nice little win streak. I know, but again, most of these girls never fought anybody like Chris. Again, Chris's strength and power is some freakishly stuff, you know. Um, even when she fought Sinead Cavanaugh, you know, knocking her out. But um, yeah, Cat came into Bellator about three years ago, and she's on a four and win streak in Bellator. Fought some veterans, you know, young guns to get her sharp. You know, Pam and Leah McCourt, the best fighters that she's fought. But nobody's really going to prepare you for Chris at this point. You know, nobody's really going to prepare you for Chris. Um, but I just think Kat has to take it in her hands to push Chris into a back foot type of element and in, in an element where she's going to make Chris take more damage than she's used to. And then by that, I mean push her and hit her more than once. Smother her and put that weight on her, the weight that you have on her, something that she doesn't really feel a lot in fights. You know, Arlene Blinko boxed with her. She touched Chris, but she didn't have the power. You know, I think Arlene just didn't have that game like that. So it's going to have to be on Cat to give Chris some of this stuff that is going to test her body at this point. You know, a little bit more, put a little bit more wear and tear and expose some at this point. You know, I don't know. Hit her to them knees. Maybe something might tear that night. 
hit her in the body. You ain't never been hit that much in the body before. Hit her with some hard knees to the face. Might rock something that night that knocks something loose that you, you need that night, you know? So you got to get in there and get raw with it and, and get her to the ground and wrestle. So Cat's got to be rough in this fight. Can be a, a, a technical striking match or even like a, a pretty Muay Thai clinch in the center. It's got to be her cage wrestling and cage on the ground. And for Chris, I think we all know what she got to do. You know, she can fight a good boxing match in this fight and win. You know, she could stop Cat with her boxing at this point. You know, um, her jab has gotten sharper, her right hands. You know, she's not fighting off emotion as much as like she used to in those fights like she did in the past. Um, another thing I'll say with Cat, though, like Cat's got to Cat's gotta bring that emotion out of her, you know, hit her once or twice. And make her come after it too. Then that way she can drop a level and take Chris down and catch her off guard. You know? But if anybody's going to win, I think. If anybody wins by decision, I think it'll be Chris Cyborg. Because I think she's got more strength and tools. And she's bigger, more powerful. But Cat has the ability to win. It's just got to be. She's got to do it by surprise finish to me. That's just me, you know. Cat's like 5'6". He's wide. I think she can still make do with her wrestling against Chris, who's 5'8". Um, she's just got to make it that type of that that type of fight, you know. But uh, who do y'all got in this fight? I, I'm going to go with Chris in this one. I'm going to go Chris Cyborg in this fight. Um, I think uh, Colstrom said he's got Cat by submission. Again, when I pick Chris... Like I said, I'm not, I'm not a huge Chris Cyborg fan, like a huge cat fan like that. I'm just going in, pick, making my pick. But um, when it comes down to it, I think Chris would win. But I like rooting for the underdog. If Cat could win this fight, that would be good. I mean, she's been in the game for a long time. A lot of stuff going on. It's been a roller coaster ride for her. Um, had suffered some brain damage in the Nunez fight too, you know. So at 41 years old, I like to see her go out with some gold. You know, I'd love to see her go out with some gold, man, at this point. You know, I think that Kazingano has uh fought, you know, fought, you know, in and out the cage, you know, had a lot of battles. So definitely, if I was to root for somebody in this fight, it would be Cat. I know I've said that the past at Cat. Didn't seem like she wanted to fight, but now that it's signed and she's got it, I like to see her pull it off. I would like to see her pull it off. But with that being said, I think Chris is going to win this fight. But if Cat wins, hey, I'd be happy for him, man. For sure. Robot Chicken said, if Cat wins and retires, that would make my weekend. <laughs> yeah. Colson said, all that grappling is going to make Cyborg tired. This fight is going to be similar to Aaron versus Tyler. Hey, if it did turn out that way, that would be something. I mean, Cat's got to do those things, like I said, Aaron did. You know, sh strike her way in. I don't know if Cat can take Chris's power the way Aaron took Tyler's, and that's the question. And the question is, will she react the same way? You see, when Aaron got hit by Tyler, her reaction was to go in, not run. See, Aaron doesn't run. Like, when you fight a puncher, even like Mike Tyson, you don't run from the puncher. You got to go in to the puncher. Like 
not saying you got to take their punches, but you got to go inside. You got to bully them and smother their power. And that's what Aaron did to Tyler. That's what Tyson Fury did to Deontay Wilder. Evander did at the mic. You know, so if like, if Katzengano takes the power, feels it, don't run from it. You got to go in, smother that, smother that power. You know, you got to smother it and worker and if like you say that grappling is something that she hasn't faced in a while and it tires her out maybe she could take her down but yeah it's been it's been a while since chris has been in the cage it's been 17 months so cat's got to take advantage of that layoff too i know chris been working behind the scenes but hey still training but cat's got to take advantage easy said if chris catches cat clean she's gonna fold i promise (laughs) i hope not man i hope not Sage said body shot finished by Cyborg. Uh, Marcus said, I got Chris. Cat definitely don't need to be taking blows to the head. That brain damage ain't going to do no matter how much rehab she did. No, yeah, you got to move in this fight. Be slick. This is a dangerous fight, too, for man. Let me just put it that way. Let me just put it that way. You know, some people think that it's going to be like, you know, this is like, I know it's a long time coming. Like um, some people really, really, really want to see it, but to me, it's so dangerous, man. It is. Lolita said, "Man, I watched that Aaron Tyler fight again. It was close. Um, I think it was competitive, but I think there was a clear winner in it. Like I think Tyler clearly won the first round, but I think Aaron, to me, Aaron decisively won second round and the third round." I just think Tyler wasn't on her game in that fight. She wasn't able to adjust, but competitive fight. Yeah, competitive fight. Six, what's going on? He said, yes, sir, Cyborg, we're going to do that TKO to Cat. You're going to TKO Cat? Yeah, man. Um, I like to see Cat win. I'm going to say it again, man. I like to see Cat win, man. Only this is Cyborg, let her emotions take over. She she did in that um Amanda fight. She started too in the Sinead Kavanaugh fight too. Sinead caught her with a left hook. Sinead Kavanaugh just didn't have that much power. I mean, y'all remember that? Did you see that fight, Lolita? When Sinead Kavanaugh caught Cyborg with a left hook, but then Cyborg caught her with a right hand or left hook and knocked her out. <laughs> but imagine if imagine if Sinead Kavanaugh had a little bit more power when Chris started to trade with her. You know, Sinead Kavanaugh could have knocked her out. If Cat got a little bit of boxing ability, shoot, Cat, she could have, she could get, she could have a chance. Make, make Cat, make Chris fight a little emotional. Shoot, Amanda did, man. That's crazy too, because I, I picked Amanda in that fight, man. For sure, I, for sure, I said Amanda Nunes is gonna win this fight. For some reason, I believe Amanda's going. I was as sure Amanda was gonna knock Chris out the way some of y'all were sure that. Grasso was going to beat Shevchenko. Some people thought I was crazy, but I was like, no. People kept saying Amanda was scared to fight Chris that, that, that night at Featherweight. I was like, watch this. All right, y'all going to see. Watch what she's going to do. And the way it came, man, I was like, oh, boy. Chris was emotional the way she came out throwing. I said, you do this against Amanda before I could finish that sentence. Boom. Amanda Nunes caught her with a brick. Several bricks built her a house. 
Built the house on Cyborg in that fight, boy. Mm. Lolia said, do you think Kat's going to retire? Depending on how bad the fight is for it. Depending on how bad it goes for it. Like if the beating is bad, very severe, which these two don't really like each other. There's no love loss between these two. I think Kat might retire. If it goes like one round, maybe she gets finished that quick. Um, she was, yeah, she'll probably stay around. But if it draws out to like a long beating, no, nah, man, she she might retire after this one. Six said Cyborg TK was cat with an overhand right. Okay. Six said crazy to think she's retired now. Oh, Amanda, yeah. Yeah, nerve damage too, you know. She's had severe nerve damage in her legs and shoulders. So, you know, I think it's good Amanda retires. I personally personally don't think she should come back either, though, man. I don't think so. All right. But for some of y'all that just came in, Sink, and um, some of y'all, I think Colostrum came in. Did Lolita say? Who do y'all got Montana versus JJ Aldridge before I get out of here? I already talked about all eight fights. I'm about to go. But who do y'all got? Who do y'all got in the three UFC fights? I'm going with JJ. I'm not picking in Demopolis Murata because that fight is going to be um, that fight is going to be competitive. Uh, that fight's a little tough to call. I'm going with Carolina. I'm going JJ Aldridge, Carolina. Uh, if you put if you have to ask, I'll give Murata the edge. Like I can't leave empty-handed. I I'm going to give Murata the edge, okay? I'll give Murata the edge. And um, I'll go with the champs, Liz and Chris. The other fights, you know, I don't know too many people know about, but, yeah, I made my picks on those. But those are the main ones I wanted to run through again. Closer said Tatiana's daughters are fighting. I guess I'll pick JJ, but who knows? Um, Tatiana and Macy. They have joint custody. Suarez and Barbara got joint custody with Montana and JJ. Man, let me stop. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. They both, they both do. They both do. They both got joint custody between um, they got two kids together. They Montana, man. I picked Montana in the Macy Barbara fight too, man. I ain't put no money on her, but you know, I ain't put no money, money. I ain't bet on all these fights, but I'm just saying, like, I thought she had the skill to go in there and do this one, but boy, was I wrong, man. Okay, so Lolita says she got Murata. Yeah, I'll give Murata the edge, but Demopolis is dangerous, and I'm definitely going with uh, Carolina, and I'm going with JJ. Come on, JJ, get in this top 15. What do y'all think? Top top 15 or top 20? Do you think they should create a top 15 or top 20? I like to see the top 20 because then you would see a couple more fighters in there and you'd say, okay, this is where they're at. Top 20 is not bad to me. I, I think they should do it. But anyways, y'all, I'm about to jump off of here. It's been a good show. It's time to go. I got to eat. And I got to get some energy in because we're going to be on here 
watching a bunch of fights tomorrow. We got eight fights. Robot Lolita said they just won the top 15. Okay. But uh, like always, make sure y'all subscribe. And you can subscribe to the show on these other platforms too. I put it on there, not just YouTube. So if you're ever driving home, Lolita, and you use Spotify, you can pull me up over there and listen to it. You don't always have to type me in on YouTube, but I'll be over on all these other platforms as well for the show. Top 15 makes fighters earn their key. Good point. Good point. Sink said, I think, yeah, I think he did. I think, I think he did pass away before that fight. I think so. Yeah. But all right, y'all. Make sure you hit that like, like button and subscribe. I will catch y'all tomorrow night. Whenever the card starts, which is like four. So yeah, tomorrow afternoon, actually. Tomorrow afternoon. I'll be on Combo Breaker 99. I'm out. Subscribe. Peace.